wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Asking yourself the right question is more important than having the right answer. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach too. Hey you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game, DreOldDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, we're not done. You get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. Then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called Work on Your Game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is how short-sightedness, in other words, you are only thinking about the immediacy of the moment, is actually costing you. It's costing you money, it's costing you opportunity, and it's costing you everything else that you want in life that you may think you are pursuing. Your short-sightedness may be actually sabotaging your own efforts, and you don't even know it. But we only get into why that is and how that is so that you do know it and you can do something about it. But before we do that, first of all, let me tell everybody, I have a daily motivation text message that I send out for free that if you are listening to this show, you should be getting a daily motivation text every day. The only reason why you wouldn't is if you are outside of the United States and Canada, and therefore your phone cannot receive these messages, at least as of today, until the technology gets to the point where we can send it to anyone with any kind of text message. That's the only exception. But if you're in the United States or Canada, or you have a number that's in the United States or Canada, you should be in my text community. So you're getting that message every day. Here's how you get on the list. Send me a text to the following number, 305-384-6894. When you text me there, you will get confirmed that you are in my text community. You can actually exchange text messages with me while you're in the community there. And every day when I send out the daily motivation, once every day, you will get that message and you can actually engage with me by responding to any one of those messages at any time. I mean, it's a normal text message line, just like anybody else sends text. So make sure you text me so you are getting those messages. So this topic, how short-sightedness is costing you money. I'll tell you a story of what something that happened that actually led to this topic. I went to pick up some food that was ordered via Uber Eats last week from when I'm recording this. And I'm not even going to say the name of the places. I don't want to bash them because they weren't so terrible that I need to bash them. But if they were terrible, I would bash them. So any of you who was new around here, 
don't worry. If somebody needs to be bashed, I will bash them. But I'm not going to bash these people because they weren't super terrible. But it was something that they did that led me to thinking about this. So anyway, some food had been ordered via Uber Eats. And I wanted a sandwich. A few things have been ordered. But one of the things I ordered was a sandwich that was for me. And I wanted no mayo and no mustard on the sandwich. So I called this place when I'm on my way to go pick up the food. And I said to the woman, hey, I got an order placed here. And Anna had placed the order. And I said, the order is under the name Anna. And there's a sandwich in there. And this particular sandwich, I want no mayo, no mustard. The woman said, well, look, we already made the sandwich. And I said, I don't care if you already made the sandwich. I don't want any mayo or mustard on the sandwich. I didn't say it that way, but I made it clear to her that it would not be acceptable for me to take a sandwich with mayo and mustard because I didn't want it. The woman was, she said to me, well, look, you know, you called a little bit after you placed the order. You didn't call immediately. So you're giving us the message kind of late relative to when you ordered it. So, you know, but now we got to throw the sandwich away. And she explained this to me. We have to throw away that sandwich. We'll make you a new sandwich. But now we got to throw away that old sandwich. And, you know, she was kind of explaining to me how the cost of throwing away that food was uh, not so pleasant for her, which has absolutely nothing to do with me. I don't even know why she was telling me that. I mean, she was telling me because that was what was on her mind, but what that has to do with me, and the answer is absolutely nothing. Now, the woman was not rude because this is all happening on the phone. Now, mind you, while we're having this phone conversation, I'm literally like three minutes away from the place. So I get to the place. That woman is there. I identify myself as the person she was just talking to on the phone. She identifies herself, and we kind of reiterate the exact same conversation in person. And she wasn't rude about it, but she was also at the same time not nice. And she was a little bit testy enough that I personally, I'm not even the one who placed this order. Anna had placed the order. It was some stuff for her. And she asked me if I wanted something. I said, you get me this. And then I called about the sandwich. She was testy enough that I personally would not spend my own money at this place. I would not on my own volition order at this place anymore just because I didn't like this woman's attitude. It has nothing to do with the food. And I think all of us have been in situations like that dealing with a business where the product is perfectly fine. But because we didn't like something about somebody's attitude working there, representing the company, that we decided to not do business with them anymore. I think all of us have had that experience. And this is one of those experiences for me. And what I'm talking about here today is not necessarily about business, even though all of us are in business on some level. It's not necessarily about business, but it could be. And what it really is about is making sure that you are not satisfying your short-term needs at the expense of better long-term outcomes. Now, the question may be, and I'm sure I'll touch on this in my points, but the question may be, well, what short-term goal was this woman accomplishing by in what she did in that situation? It sounds like from the little bit that I've told you here, you may be thinking, Dre, she was just letting you know that you know, this is kind of an inconvenience for them. Well, see, her letting me know that it was an inconvenience for them was her kind of letting off steam. She was letting off steam at me at the fact that my late change to the order was costing the company, their company, money because they had to throw away the food and make me a new sandwich. And she was kind of annoyed about that. But as I get into my explanation, you'll understand why, first of all, that has not a damn thing to do with me. And secondly, even if she was correct, even if I'm wrong, and with my last minute change to the situation as a customer, it was still a bad idea for her to have the kind of energy that she had and even to say what she said to me. Forget her energy because I'm giving you my version of it. Maybe she thought I was the rude one and she was nice, right? Depending on who you ask. But based on the fact that she even told me that, it was a bad idea. And as I get into my points, you'll understand. Point number one, topic today is how short-sightedness is costing you money. Point number one, here's what this woman at the shop did not realize. And I'm assuming this woman was, maybe she had some form of authority. Maybe she was a manager or a, a 
what do they call them in food place, a shift manager or a key holder. She had, a, I think she had a little bit of seniority over the other workers who were in there because she was running around behind the counter working and stuff. So I'm assuming she doesn't own the place. I'm guessing she was a manager or something like that, or at least the person in charge amongst the staff who was there at that moment. The customer that she was talking to, that's me, spends, you order from this place twice in a month and any of you orders Uber Eats. I don't actually, I don't know how it is in the places that you all live, but down here in South Florida, you order Uber Eats for two people, food, uh, you're spending $40 guaranteed. All right, that's $40 off, off rip. All right, two pieces of food, you get something to drink, a snack, something like that. It's costing you 40 bucks. You order there twice a month, that's $80 a month. All right, just do the math with me here. $80 a month over the course of 10 years, because in business, you have to understand not just what is the value of a customer who buys something from you today. You want to know what's the lifetime value of your customer. In other words, how much money does one individual person spend with you over the course of a lifetime? So now you first of all have to figure out now how long does your average customer stick around? Depending on how long you've been in business, you may be able to calculate this depending on what you're selling and how much do they spend each time that they spend money. And you can find out what is the average lifetime value. They call it the LTV, lifetime value of a customer. You should know this because when you know the lifetime value of a customer, then you can also calculate and understand uh, how much are we willing to put out in order to maintain this customer because we know what they're worth. So if you know a customer is worth $5, then you can spend up to $4 to keep that customer happy because you're going to make a profit on them. You understand what I'm saying? Customer is worth a million dollars. You can spend 900000 Not saying you absolutely have to do this. But you understand, you need to know how much your customers are worth. So if I'm a customer who spends $80 a month with your business over the course of 10 years, simple math, $80 a month, again, not $80 a year, $80 a month. In 10 years, that's between $4,800 and $9,600. So let's just say that's between five dollars and $10,000 that I'm spending as a customer. This woman was annoyed with me and vented to me how she had to throw away a sandwich that cost on the menu that sandwich was about 17 bucks. So let's just say seven, I mean, $20. Now, how much does it cost them to actually make that sandwich? Does it cost them 20 bucks? Because then they wouldn't be making a profit. Let's say that that sandwich, all in all, food costs, everything, labor, everything might cost them, let's say about half of that. So let's say that sandwich cost them about eight or $9. She was venting to me about having to throw away $9 because of my tardiness and making an adjustment to the order. She was doing that venting with a customer that's worth between five and $10,000 over $9. So she was thinking her mentality in doing this was the mentality of a worker, not the mentality of an owner. Because if she was an owner, she would understand what I just explained. I highly doubt she understands this. I highly doubt she ever thinks about it. I highly doubt she even considers the lifetime value of a customer. Because if she was thinking about that, she would have had in mind before she said what she said to me, or just had the energy that she had in dealing with me, which you're going to have to take my word for. And that explains her short-sightedness. Now, I want you to understand, this is not just about this woman here, because this happens all the time, every day in life with all types of people and not just at work and not just in business transactions. We have all done this in many areas. And what this is, is reacting to what's happening in the moment and our reactions usually are to satisfy our immediate needs, which are our immediate emotions and our immediate thoughts, while at the same time, we are blinded to the long-term ramifications of our actions. And I'm bringing it up to make you more aware of it, because in business, this is costing this woman, I'm not going to buy from this place anymore. So my $5,000 they could get from me over the next 10 years 
that I'm still going to spend five thousand dollars on food. I'm just going to spend it somewhere else. I'm just going to spend it at a different business simply because, again, the energy of this person there was nothing wrong with the product. It was something wrong with the exchange that happened there. And it was enough that I noted it. And now I'm talking about it right here. And this is the short sightedness that all of us at times exercise. My goal here is not to completely eradicate short sightedness from all of us. All of us are human. We have emotions. And who knows? This woman might have been having a bad day. Maybe her kids are getting on her nerves at home. Maybe she's tired of this job. Maybe she's on her way to quitting the job. Maybe it was, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe she was on her period. Who knows? She might have had all kinds of stuff going on. It had nothing to do with me and the actual sandwich. But the fact that I remembered it is all that really matters in the long run. Why? Because we judge things based on results, right? We're on results-based business. The result of it is what I'm talking about right here. So this happens with all of us. We all have these moments where we kind of react in a moment to something that we probably shouldn't have done had we had more time to think about it and consider. And my point is not that you'll be able to be perfect on this. Nobody will be. My point is when you are more conscious of it, you will have a better chance of doing something about it. That's the point. Let's move on to point number two. Today's topic, again, is how short-sightedness is costing you money and opportunity. Second thing you should do is use the five-year question on yourself. Here's the five-year question. It's a simple question that can lead to profound changes. Question is, if I keep doing the thing that I'm doing now, or I remain in the same situation that I am currently in for the next five years, what will my life slash business slash relationship look like? What will my health look like? What will my body look like? What will my fill in the blank or whatever you're referring to? What would it look like? What would it be like? How will it be if I keep this situation as it is? If I keep doing things the way that I'm doing them or keep not doing things the way that I'm not doing them, what's everything going to look like? What's my life going to look like five years from now? Using this question on myself has led to some of my best breakthroughs, both personally and professionally. When I was out of professional basketball and trying to get back in, in 2007, going into 2008, I wrote about it in my book, Work On Your Game. I did this, the 10,000 email, I guess we'll call it experiment. It wasn't really an experiment. There was a goal to come out of it. But the experiment was I sent like 10,000 emails over the course of about four months trying to get myself back into pro basketball, going directly to the teams. And in my book, Work On Your Game, I reprinted the email that actually got the response that I wanted ended up with me signing a contract to go play in Herzegnovi, Montenegro. And the whole point was I asked myself, well, if I just keep sitting around waiting for my agent to call me and hope that this thing works out, uh, where am I going to be in five years? Forget five years. Where am I going to be in five months? Now, it wasn't looking good. So that led to me taking massive action to change the situation. That was one of these moments where I asked myself the five-year question. About a year or two later, I found myself unemployed again from pro basketball. And I was said to myself, okay, well, if I keep sitting around waiting for an agent to call me or even a team to sign me where they have all the control over whether I have a job or not, what is my life going to look like as an adult five years from now if every year I have to go through this situation? I decided that I wanted to get myself some more power and more autonomy, more say over my life because you know, this is what I was doing. As they say, ball is life, right? I want some more say over my life than just waiting on somebody else to approve of me. That led to me putting more effort and energy into what we now call my personal brand. That led to me putting more energy into DreAllDay.com and building this whole thing that we now call Work On Your Game and making more videos and writing more articles, which eventually led to writing books and creating this whole framework and system and process and brand and 
that you all know now as work on your game. The energy that I put into creating this stuff was the result of me asking the question, what if I keep sitting around waiting on a basketball team to approve of me and give me a contract? Why not do something that I approve of myself and give myself the power? And because I did that, now we have what we have now. And that wasn't actually the end of my basketball career. I ended up getting approved of and getting another phone call, which I wanted and I kept playing. But at the same time, I also had the option now because I had the power to call my own shot. I had the power to write my own check because I asked myself that five-year question. So that was another breakthrough that I got professionally because I asked myself the right question. And I've, and this is something that I say often to people. And it's a very important point that I'm always repeating. And I'll repeat it again here is that asking yourself the right question is more important than having the right answer. Because I asked myself the right question, the breakthrough occurred. That's where breakthroughs come from. I talked about this in the episode on Insight, episode 1177 of the show, which is linked down below in the show notes and also at workonyourgamepodcast.com. But the thing about the five-year question is that it requires a high level of self-discipline, self-accountability, and self-reflection. Keyword in all three, self. Looking in the mirror, in other words. Self-discipline, to ask the question, self-accountability to hold yourself accountable to the answer and self-reflection to be honest with yourself about what the answer actually is. All three of these are a challenge for people. It's hard to be disciplined for people because it requires you to show up consistently and do things that you might not, your emotions are telling you you may not want to do. Self-accountability is a challenge for a lot of us because self-accountability means you have to look yourself in the mirror and hold yourself accountable and put the blame on you, put the onus on you and the responsibility on you for things that you are doing or not doing that have led to the situation and circumstance that you are in right now. You are the most responsible for whatever situation you have right now in your life. Even if somebody else has something to do with it, you're the most responsible and understand what the word responsible means. Able to respond. You are the most able to respond to your situation. Why? Because it's yours. See, so responsible doesn't mean it's your fault. Notice the two different words. I didn't say you're most at fault for your situation. I said you are the most responsible. Again, let's remember what the word responsible is. Response able. You are the most able to respond to the situation because it is your situation. And third one is self-reflection. Self-reflection means can you look at your situation and take ownership of the things that you have done or not done that have led to this circumstance? Even if other people are involved, which they usually are, can you take ownership of the situation? When I was in college and I wasn't getting the kind of playing time I wanted on a particular team, yeah, I could be mad at the coach and I could come up with a narrative or the coach is hating on me or my teammates won't pass me the ball or whatever other bullshit excuses will make me feel good. But is it helping me do good? And the self-reflection had to be me saying, OK, well, what am I doing here? What am I doing that is leading to the situation of the coach feeling like me being on the bench is better for the team than me being in the game? You got to have high levels of all three of these. Unfortunately, a lot of people are masters at rationalization. Actually, all humans, we are all really good at rationalization. By the time we get to about age 16, 17, we get really good at rationalizing, which is basically telling yourself a story that sounds good in your mind. It makes you feel good about a situation or makes you at least feel okay about a situation. But that situation may not actually help you do well in the long run. Rationalization is simply you creating that narrative again, that allows you to feel okay and allows you to just you know, keep it moving. But that five-year question is the smackdown on your rationalization. That's what the five-year question does. It should throw some cold water on any rationalization and storytelling that is, if you're lying to yourself, the five-year question should help you identify the fact that you're doing it. Moving on to point number three. Today's topic, again, is how short-sightedness is costing you money and opportunity. 
if you are not in danger, do not fight. This is a quote from Sun Tzu's book, The Art of War. If you haven't read that book, you should. The metaphor here meaning, if you're not in a situation where it's absolutely necessary for you to create an enemy, to lose a customer, or cause a conflict, then you should avoid doing so. All right, do not do or say anything that could cause you to create enemies, lose customers, or cause conflicts unless you absolutely need to. And that means usually the other person should do something first that is showing that they aren't leaving you any other option. That's the only time you take it to this level. Other than that, then you do your best to stay in your frame because you never know who you're talking to, who or what this person knows or how they may respond. All right. There's no need to take a situation to somewhere where it could have been avoided taking it that far. Well, again, understand as humans, sometimes we're going to do this because we're human and we're going to make mistakes. And sometimes it may even feel good and satisfying to do so in the moment. What is it actually worth to you in the long run? This is why I always talk about all the time playing the long game, being a marathon runner instead of a sprinter. What is the long term ramification of the action that you are taking right now? This is a discipline. It's a mental discipline to condition yourself to start asking yourself this question more and more every time you take an action. What's the long term ramification of this action I take right now? I know what I'm going to get if I right now if I do this thing right now, but what's the long term outcome of me taking this action today? The reason many people miss out on this point is attitude. The reason many people don't do this is not like you can't ask yourself the question. I just applied it to you. The reason why people can hear me say this and still not do it is attitude because so many of us get so focused on ourselves. We're so focused on our own internal story and on proving ourselves right instead of proving ourselves accurate. And there's a difference between being right and being accurate. I covered this in episode 2167, being right versus being accurate. And they are not the same. The reason why many people get so focused on rightness and not accuracy is that we end up, well, because we are so focused on it, let me put it that way, that we do things that satisfy us in a moment, but do not satisfy our long-term desires. And here's the big problem with this is that is the compound effect of it. And there's a book called The Compound Effect written by Darren Hardy. That's another book that you should read. The compound effect of Making decisions that satisfy us in a moment but do not satisfy our long-term desires is that they start compounding upon each other. And before you know it, you have weeks of doing this, then months and years and decades of doing it. And before you know it, you're 20 years older and you're in a worse position than you were before. And all that promise and all those goals and all those ideas that you had of what you were going to do with your life, now they're dashed, not because you didn't have the potential or the opportunity or the resources, but simply because you made a bunch of bad decisions that led to the situation that you're in. That's why decision-making matters so much and why discipline matters so much in your decision-making. Choices and decisions are more important than your circumstance and your environment. Talked about this in episode 1923. If you haven't listened to that, then you already know what to do next. In episode number 699, I talked about the life-changing power of decision. Episode 782, greatness is a decision. Episode 920, strengthening your decision-making muscle. Episode 1308, How to Make Smarter Decisions. Decision making is a key factor in long term success in life because in life you become the accumulation of every decision that you make. And habits lead to decisions. And remember that we human beings are creatures of habit. We're making decisions habitually. We make this, usually make similar decisions over and over and over again. That's why the discipline matters so much so that we're making disciplined, good decisions that are leading to our long term outcomes. They start compounding on top of each other and they start supporting each other. Usually we don't make good decision, bad decision, good decision, bad decision. If you do do that, then what happens is you get stuck in neutral. 
a year goes by, you're still in the same spot. Not because you didn't make any good decisions, not because you made all bad decisions, but because you made a combination of both. You want to move forward. You got to make a bunch of good decisions in a row. That requires discipline. It does not look. All this said, let's recap today's class, which is how short-sightedness is costing you money and opportunity. I told you the situation. I went to a food shop. This woman was a little bit testy with me to the point that I probably wouldn't order from there again. And here's why that frames this point that I'm making here today was not necessarily about money. Number one, worker at this shop doesn't realize that she's talking to a customer that spends $80 a month. Over 10 years, that's almost $10,000 that I'm going to spend at their business. But she was getting annoyed with me over having to throw away $9 worth of food costs. Now, to me, she was thinking like a worker and not an owner because an owner understanding lifetime value of a customer probably wouldn't make that stupid mistake. But a worker who's getting paid their hourly wage, regardless of what they do with the customers, it doesn't matter to them. All right. This is why all you business owners out there, you better make sure you're paying attention to your staff because they are costing you money and causing money to walk out of the door while at the same time you're paying them to cost you money in the long run was a bad and it sounds like a bad equation to me. So this explains her short sightedness. We've all done this in many areas. I'm bringing it up to make you more conscious of it. When you're conscious of things, you usually make better decisions. Number two, use the five year question on yourself, which is if I stay in the same situation for the next five years, what is my situation going to look like then? And if you don't like the answer, then you need to make some qualitative changes immediately. Use this question to find your breakthroughs personally and professionally. This question leads to insights, as I talked about in episode 1177. And it will help you stop your rationalization in its tracks. Rationalization is the storytelling that we do with ourselves, making up stories to make us feel good about a situation, but do not help us do good regarding that situation. Number three, if you are not in danger, do not fight. Do not burn a bridge, create an enemy, lose a customer or cause a conflict if you can avoid doing so. This is a maturity challenge and it's something that none of us is going to be perfect on. None of us is going to bat 100% on it. But the more you are aware of it and conscious of it, the better chance that you can make better decisions, decisions that will actually help your long-term outcomes. That's what I mean when I say better. The reason many people miss on this point is their attitude because you are so focused on yourself and your own internal story and trying to prove yourself right rather than being accurate, and there's a difference between the two, that you do things that satisfy you in a moment, but do not satisfy your long-term outcomes. That is a bad long-term strategy. With all that said, text me to get my daily motivation message straight to your phone free of charge every day. My number is 305-384-6894. And you're ready to get access to the full work on your game system where you show you how to get clear on your game, develop your game, put your game out into the world, and get some return on investment for your game through our nine-part system. Go to workingyourgameuniversity.com to work with me directly. I will help you walk you through the system and show you how to apply it to what you're doing to produce the results that you want. Remember that we're in a results-based business. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.